0: this is nfl game previews where we give you a preview of every game
1: on the week eight slate along with a recap of what our 10-person prediction panel says about each game that's the good part to be clear i'm no analyst i'm just game preview guy we start in buffalo sunday night football action green bay packers on the road in buffalo trying to stop an offense as good as there is in the game Packers defense this week up against an O, averaging close to 30 points a game, best at moving the sticks.
2: Allen, open, Diggs. gets out of
1: bounds. How can they stop Josh Allen and his pass catchers? Allen at the Bills by 17 touchdowns against just four picks, over eight yards per attempt, rating close to 110, yards per completion over 12. His game smelling a little MVP-ish.
2: to the end zone. And-
1: knocks. Packers pass coverage skills. They played Taylor Heineke well enough in week seven under a 90 rating, 6.1 yards per attempt, picked him off and took it to the house.
2: Heineke hit as he throws. It is ripped away by the-
1: On the year, though, Green Bay's numbers against quarterbacks, not great. Completion percentage allowed of 69, rating against 95. Cornerbacks Eric Stokes and Russell Douglas, both with 95 plus ratings allowed. Heineke to the
2: end zone, he's got a man in Gibson. He's in for the touchdown.
1: Cornerback Jair Alexander, though, has been his usual self. He did give up his first TD last week with Terry McLaurin, still holding QBs to an 80.1 rating.
0: That's really well done. Now you just gotta wrap him up, (laughs) Jair. Take him down by yourself, get that tackle. So
1: how about Alexander versus Stephon Diggs? Buffalo's pass catching core is deep, but it still digs that it all flows through. 37 more targets than anyone else on the team, over 13 yards per catch, averaging over eight receptions a game, close to 110 yards per game. Looking for Diggs in
2: the end zone. That's a touchdown for Buffalo.
1: If Alexander can disrupt Allen to Diggs, then Green Bay's other DBs have to keep up with the speedsters, Isaiah McKenzie and Gabe Davis. That duo has averaged over 100 yards per game combined. Goes
2: right, there's McKenzie. and flings it and there is a first down catch gabe
1: davis packers challenge is made even harder because they have to figure out a way to pressure allen he hasn't faced much of it in 2022 pressure rate on the year just 20.6 hasn't taken many sacks
2: quarterback there is now another completion That's
1: good for a first down. It's part of why they're so hard to stop, and if Green Bay blitzes him, of course he can just take off. Over five yards per carry for Allen, over 40 rushing yards per game.
2: Here comes Allen with the keep, so
1: can Green Bay's offense keep up? They come in out of sorts, 0 for 6 on third down in their loss to Washington, under 40 yards rushing, under 200 yards passing for Aaron Rodgers.
2: Rodgers throws, so it is an incompletion, and it brings up fourth down.
1: Rodgers didn't even get sacked once, and he only got hit once on 35 pass attempts. He threw two touchdowns, wasn't picked off, rating of 99.
2: Nothing open for Rodgers. Rolling, throwing, end zone! What a catch!
1: I However, 5.5 yards per attempt. That's three straight games. He's been six yards per attempt or less, AKA very little explosiveness to their passing game.
0: And You can see the guys pass right there. You're hoping that you rub somebody off. The frustrations on the face of
2: Rodgers has been visible multiple times today.
1: Now Rodgers is facing one of the best defenses in the game, 13 turnovers, holding teams to 13.5 points per game, holding QBs to a 71.2 rating, Five touchdowns through the air allowed. Ten bind time. Bind time.
2: And it's intercepted in the end zone. Wow!
1: Bills pass rush. They've pressured QBs 29.8% of dropbacks. That's impressive. They don't have to blitz much. Still over three sacks per game. Vaughn Miller with six. Greg Rousseau with four. Oh,
2: that time. Oh, come- the 21-yard
1: line. And should the pack try and run it, they'll be doing it against a defense that's holding runners to a 3.5 yards per carry figure. On second
2: and goal, and hand it off
1: for no gain. You don't see this very often. No one took the pack in our 10-person picks panel, all bills, all the time. The Minnesota Vikings, nice and rested after a week off, take on the Arizona Cardinals this week, coming in with a few days extra rest after getting into the win column last Thursday. Picked
2: off at the 40-yard line. Isaiah Simmons. Simmons inbounds. Simmons all the way.
1: Standing ovation to the Cardinals and Saints, by the way. Over 70 points on a Thursday? Is this a what day is this? Over 70 points. Anyway, Arizona looking to go 2 0 on the year with D Hop on the field. DeAndre Hopkins will draw plenty of attention from Minnesota's DBs, especially based on what we saw from his 2022 debut. Deep
2: drop second and
1: seven to the outside. Open, making the grab there is Hopkins. Hopkins caught 10 passes, 103 yards. Does it matter that Kyler Murray treated the rest of his pass catching core like Woody's after getting a Buzz Lightyear? Threw at Hopkins 14 times. Rest of the team saw 15 combined targets.
2: As the open man, there he goes to the 40. Hopkins holding on, and a first down.
1: Variety may be necessary this week. It will not be as easy for Murray to get Hop the ball. Not if Patrick Peterson keeps playing as well as he has. 48.5 rating against, seven passes defensed, zero touchdowns allowed, holding QBs to a sub 50 completion percentage.
2: Richwater over the middle, it's peterson again
1: who breaks up the pass and tedder for waddle whichever receiver has cameron Danzler on him that's who murray should feed he had the skull waldo cap on at their bye two touchdowns allowed rating against over 110 completion percentage allowed over 75.
2: thompson with loads of time and the pass is caught
1: Minnesota's pass defense has been more danceler than P-squared so far. Rating allowed over 90, completion percentage allowed close to 70, while giving up fat Albert-sized yard-per-attempt and yard-per-completion figures. We're down at 10. Ridgewater to the outside. Wide open first down. They'll try and get right against Murray. He's been trying to get right all year his week seven stat line was better with Hopkins than it had been without him, he comes in off his first triple digit rating game of the season, not a ton of yards, but snapped a three game INT streak. Throws on the run, and and into Saints territory goes Rondale Moore. How much heat will he be dealing with? He's taken 16 sacks in seven games, took a couple last week, par for the course. In
2: the end zone, and coming out of the end zone,
1: doing, trying to do something, anything. Taken down to the 10-yard line. But he's only faced pressure on 21.3% of his dropbacks. That's not a lot. Now, though, he faces a front that has applied pressure over 30% of the time. That is a lot. Over 30 is over the line, as Walter would put it. And they don't blitz much either. Don't have to when you have DJ Wanam, Daniil Hunter, and their lead QB Hunter, Zedarius Smith, up front. They have helped the Vikings devour close to three QBs per game.
2: Zedarius Smith getting right around the corner, wreaking havoc as he's done all
1: game long. If the pressure indeed shows up in Murray's face, he can always bolt 30 rush yards in their win last week, 100 the week before.
2: Batter keeps it himself. Off he goes for a gain of
1: 18. Vikings have faced two scrambling QBs this season, Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts. Both were plenty efficient against them. Minnesota has given up 4.3 a carry overall on the season, so not great. Hurts keeps <laughs> around the edge and
2: bends it back down fighting for the end zone what a run
1: that could mean another good game for eno benjamin too he filled in for james connor last week 92 yards 7.7 a run a touchdown even if connor comes back eno should still factor
2: so benjamin with a top two running backs out he gets to start and off he goes for
1: 45. since we're talking running backs let's transition to the vikes offense and dalvin cook at their buy, he was sitting on 4.8 a run, four touchdowns, 75 rush yards per game.
2: Dalvin Cook, picks a first down, still going inside the 30, Cook, Inside the ten, the five, touchdown!
1: Cardinals run defense, much like Minnesota's, 4.3 allowed per scamper as well. If
2: you're a Saints fan, how nice is it to see Alvin Kamara with room to
1: run? How often will Minnesota bother running though? Yes, Arizona picked off Andy Dalton last week three times. House called two of them.
2: Walton underneath and his tip, and interception! And all the way inside the 10 to the end zone goes Marco Wilson.
1: But Kirk Cousins also saw the Cardinals give up four TD passes to Dalton. Both their primary starting corners gave up touchdowns along with significant yards. Rating allowed for the year now for Arizona, 97.2.
2: Caught by Hill and he will barrel his way into the end
1: zone. So who is the lucky person that will get the task of covering JJ? Here I am, 18 today, happy, bright, narrow Man in pure dino might. Justin Jefferson in this case, almost eight receptions a game, close to 110 yards a game, rating on his targets over 100. It's third and six. Cousins, nice soft
2: touch, and they pick up the first down and more.
1: Is this the game Cousins and Adam Thielen refined their chemistry? Thielen is averaging less than 50 yards a game, rating on his targets low 80s. Calvin Cook, Cousins' pass is caught. It's Thielen again. Cousins, in turn, doesn't have the same kind of digits we're used to seeing from him. Sub-90 rating, under 7 yards per attempt, under 10 yards per completion, 5 INTs. Cousins throws, and that's broken up. Terrific defensive play. X-factor in this game, Arizona's pass rush, Minnesota's O-line. Vikings haven't given up a ton of sacks, but pressure percentage allowed over 30. Russians
2: wrapped up, sacked, back at the 40.
1: Cardinals pass rush, 49 opportunities to grab a bag in week seven, not one sack.
2: Dalton, flushed out, eyes downfield, finds his
1: man at the 41 yard line. 70% of our voters went Vikings, Mark Sessler, Marcus Grant, and Colleen Wolf siding with Arizona time for another battle of ohio cleveland browns on monday night football trying to slow down the cincinnati Bengals and their high flying passing attack
2: oh he's got him wide open and strolling it for the touchdown is tyler boyd
1: brown's defense has a tall task this week find the formula that stops joe shiesty and his buds joe burrow threw for 481 yards last week three touchdowns no ints a rating close to 140. He's posted a rating over 110 in four of his last five games. 12 touchdowns, just one INT in that span.
2: Tremendous placement on this ball from Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase.
1: Browns have to have three cornerbacks have good games. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, all came close to 100-yard games against Atlanta. What does Cleveland have to counter with? They've played the pass solidly overall, have held QBs to a completion rate in the low 60s, rating against... 92.4, that's acceptable range. Denzel Ward missed last week, he's the top candidate to chase chase if he's healthy. However, he has given up a few TDs, rating allowed over 100 on the year. If he's out, then maybe Greg Newsome slides over to Jamar. He's had a nice 2022, holding QBs to a sub-75 rating. Expect Miles Garrett to help up front. He added another sack to his 2022 total in Week 7, has a half dozen this season. For
2: Garrett, he's got him and Tony!
1: Burrow, of course, is a grass expert, if you will. Three more sacks taken in week seven.
2: Burrow is sacked for the third time today.
1: Most understand the deal on this front, though. Unless the Browns get him for major yards or on an important third down or cause a fumble, they're just another play to him. He sees it as taking a strikeout. An out's an out, so he gets up for another swing without much thought being put into it.
2: Burrows hit on 12 straight passes, but here he's going down, courtesy of Lorenzo Carter.
1: Bengals' run game. Joe Mixon is still trying to keep defenses honest. He scored last week.
2: Mixon gets another opportunity, stumbles, but enough momentum to fall forward and score the touchdown
1: he's averaging just 3.4 a carry though so he's still along for the ride in most of their games the browns could allow him to move up front if they aren't careful they have struggled against runners giving up 4.7 a carry Nick Chubb, on the other hand, not riding along in anyone's car or even sitting shotgun. He's the driver of the Browns bus. 91 yards last week, 5.7 a carry, touchdown, 8 TDs on the season, 5.9 a run on the season, over 100 yards per game on the season.
2: Breaking tackles and up the sideline, 20.
1: here's a thought feed him more browns have four losses in a row one common denominator chubb had fewer than 20 carries in all four of those losses cleveland's two wins 20 plus carries I know it's not that simple, but still, would be fun to see him with a 30 plus carry game sometime. Why not have it be against a team like the Bengals who are giving up 4.6 a carry? Their DTs and linebackers are beat up some too, so they might be especially vulnerable to someone of Chubb's class. Plus, why play into the Bengals' defensive strength? They almost had a bye last week, only faced 13 pass attempts. Season work versus quarterbacks, though, mighty impressive. Rating allowed, mid-70s, completion rate allowed, under 60, yards per attempt allowed, low sixes.
2: Von Bell back at the safety position
1: gets that overthrow. Cheeto Awuzie versus Amari Cooper. There's a nice one-on-one. Awuzie has been on the other team's WR1 all year, rating against 55.6. Of all players involved in at least 25 targets this season, that's sixth lowest. He's only allowed QBs to complete 40.4% of passes. Cooper, he got hit with a big offensive PI in week seven. He still had three receptions on four targets, 74 yards. He's Jacoby Brissett's top target, averaging 60 reception yards per game.
2: Brissett's gonna go deep now, wide open, Cooper.
1: And DPJ comes in off a productive outing. Donovan Peoples-Jones, six targets, six catches, 71 yards as well. Oh, So Brissett is equipped with some good pass catchers. He used them well in his last outing, close to 260 yards, over nine and a half yards per attempt, a rating over 105. He just hasn't played like that in most games. Low 60s completion rate, low 80s rating, under seven yards per throw.
2: It's intercepted by Mills.
1: Brissett does face a better than average pass rush. Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard have helped the Bengals generate a 29.1 pressure rate. That's pretty good. Hendrickson with three and a half bags on the season. He did leave last week with a stinger, so have to see how bad it was. All 10 of our voters went orange chalk. In this case, all 10 taking the Bengals. New Orleans Saints are at home following a little very much needed extra rest. They welcome a team from another party town, the Las Vegas Raiders, who rumble into town with one of the hottest backs going.
2: The lead hand up to Jacob. Usual up the middle 10. Cuts right side five. Touchdown, Jacobs.
1: Raiders brass is like, hey, Josh Jacobs, remember how we didn't pick up your fifth year option? We were just kidding. You could take a good burn, right? Jacobs last week, three touchdowns, 143 yards, 7.2 per run. He's averaging 147 yards in his last three games.
2: And the swerving, Jacobs gets away. They can't bring him down, even by holding on to his jersey.
1: Saints run defense. They gave up 7.7 a carry to Eno Benjamin last week. 4.7 4.7 a carry allowed for the year. Hear that knock at the door, Jacobs.
2: Benjamin straight ahead. Big hole 40, 45-50. Far side of the 40. 35-30. Finally knocked out of bounds. The longest play from scrimmage for the Cardinals this season.
1: It was opportunity if you didn't get it. If Jacobs can lead the way again, it makes Derek Carr and Devonte Adams harder to deal with. Carr had his best game of the year versus a tough Texans defense. 116 two-point rating, 8.9 yards per attempt, no interceptions. His second-best game was also a big Jacobs game. You get the connection, right?
2: Three-step drop, pressure up the middle. Elude steps up the middle. Fires. More on the tail, and he's tackled if Derek Carr does this for the rest of his career, he will be a future Hall of Famer.
1: Adams, he's averaged close to 85 receiving yards per game this year, had 95 in Week 7. Maybe more important, nine targets caught eight of them.
2: Why does Adams get so open? Because he's one of the best in the league, if not the best receiver in all of football.
1: Tight end, Darren Waller missed their win hurt, have to track that. Mac Collins and Hunter Renfro have been picking up the scraps. Renfro, three targets, three receptions, 55 yards versus Houston.
2: Card, play action, in the pocket, lobs downfield, Renfro has it at the 45, Car off his back foot, lobbed it down the field. Renfro caught it, reaching out over his right shoulder.
1: Saints are one of several teams to get crushed by injuries. Cornerback Marshawn Lattimore didn't play last week. He'd be the obvious choice to stick Adams. How about Bradley Roby? He's playing good. Oh, look at that. He got carted off last week, too. The Saints really could ask for a mulligan for all this. It's not that Carr faces a bad pass defense, but still, only 1 INT, 10 TDs allowed, 98.4 rating given up, 11.7 yards per catch allowed
2: this side of the field Jamar Chase with the catch and up the sideline and there he goes Jamar Chase to the end zone for the touchdown
1: Saints offense hurting just as bad every week they play the wait and see who's gonna play game Jameis Winston Michael Thomas both missed week seven Andy Dalton filled in again through six TD passes four of them to his own team too
2: play action for Dalton looking to throw does throw deep he's looking for Shaheed. Shaheed will make the catch and he will score the touchdown! What a pass!
1: If Dalton's game last week was a wine, you might smell it and think, ah yes, vintage Jameis, 2019, I believe.
2: Dalton on first down, fires over the middle, the ball is tipped into the air and picked off at the 30-yard line. He high steps, and then he does a flip into the end zone for the touchdown! Marco Wilson with a pick six, and the Cardinals take the lead!
1: If Thomas is out again, check that. Even if he's in, give us Chris Olave versus Rocky Yassine. Olave is the man in the Saints receiving room already. Averages 82 yards a game. Had 106 last week.
2: Snap to Hill who throws downfield over the middle. It's caught in the 30-yard line by Olave. Another big play through the air. A gain of 41 yards.
1: There is a bud about that game last week. 14 targets, 7 receptions. And one of Dalton's picks was on a throw to Olave, so all joking aside, Thomas is needed.
2: Dalton straight drop back. Throws over the middle and a one-handed interception by Isaiah Simmons in midfield. Runs it back to
1: Yasin, just one of the best cornerbacks in the game in 2022. Thanks, Indy. Holding QBs to a sub 60 rating only allowed 50 yards and change last week.
2: Hill, head the end zone. Deep right corner, it's caught by Jordan. But he's out of bounds. Could not get the feet down with Rocky Yassine right there.
1: Need to throw a red flag? You should know the rest of Vegas's past defense hasn't fared as well as Silver and Black Adam. Raiders haven't just allowed a high rating, they've given up the highest. They're the reverse of that tattoo artist in the commercial. Vegas would like out of this lane, bro. It's
2: the same play they scored early on. It's a crossing route where the Raider defenders get mixed up in one another. There's no reason why the tight end Aikens should be that wide open in the flat. Holy cow.
1: Raiders also have to have a plan for Alvin Kamara. He's been playing his dual threat role to a T lately. Six plus receptions in three straight games.
2: Kamara's back in there. They set up the screen for him. He's got a combo.
1: on the ground, has hit at 4.4 a run or better in his last three. The stretch
2: run to the left, Alvin Kamara turns the corner. 35, 40, 45,
1: shoved out of bounds as he approaches the 50. Grant Gordon and Marcus Grant, the only two Saints believers on our picks panel. Other eight went Vegas. You go
0: into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better.
1: It's a divisional matchup this Sunday when the one-win Houston Texans take on the first-place Titans riding in on a four-game win streak. Stiff
2: arm in his way all the way inside the 25-yard line,
1: and that should do it. Tennessee head coach Mike Vrabel called the way the Titans just won their most recent game the formula. Okay, sort of like that. He said something like, but the formula starts with Derrick Henry, three straight 100-yard rushing games, including last week, against the Colts, when he averaged more than four yards a pop during his 128-yard performance.
2: Back to Derrick Henry. He's got some this time. Henry into Colts
1: territory. The Texans will have their hands full containing King Henry. They're in the bottom five of the league against the run, allowing opposing backs to tote the rock to the tune of five-plus yards per pop. Last week, Josh Jacobs averaged more than seven a carry to go with his three touchdowns.
0: Do whatever he wants to this
1: Houston Texans, back seven. Who will be handing the rock off to Henry? Quarterback Ryan Tannehill was seen in a walking boot after the Colts game. Tannehill hasn't been ruled out though. And regardless of who it is, their passing game isn't expected to lead the way. They average less than 190 yards a game. They just hope for the passes they make to be quality ones be a good game manager.
2: Looking for and he's got it in Colts territory.
1: Houston has played the pass well despite their one-win status. Sub-radiating allowed, more INTs than TDs allowed. More reason for the Titans to feed Henry.
0: His eyes are on the quarterback,
1: and that lets him come inside and break on that pass. Teams have been able to gash the Texans on the ground, in part because the Texans' offense is so mediocre. There's no real risk of a shootout usually, so why not run the ball? Houston's offense is bottom 10 in yardage. Same for passing yardage and rushing yardage, and they're only scoring about 17 points a game. Can you see that first foot? And yeah, the shin goes out of bounds before he's able to get that other foot down. To turn it around, they might need even more from Damian Pierce. Certainly the struggles aren't his fault, as he's averaging nearly five yards a carry with the seventh most attempts in the league. He makes an impact in the run game. Titans against the run, points 4 a carry allowed, so there's an opening for the Texans. Back to Taylor.
2: Taylor's got the first down right up the middle, dragging defenders.
1: If Pierce can keep Tennessee on their heels, it might help quarterback Davis Mills. In his sophomore season, he isn't lighting the world up. He hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't been great either, which is how you'd describe his week seven, that terrible pick. No
2: throwing, intercepted! Picked off in the middle of the field by Durant
1: but over 300 yards, 95.8 rating. He has plenty of flashes. And then Mills has the awareness to get outside and wait and wait and wait. Titans passing defense body of work isn't great right now, but they just had a field day against the Colts and Matt Ryan, two INTs rating under 80. Titans defense is feeling good overall, forced three turnovers against the Colts, limiting them to ten points and sweeping the season series. Ryan
2: intercepted again! His ninth interception!
1: The Texans better hope their offense can stay ahead of the chains, because when it comes to getting stops on third down, the Titans lead the league. Only about one in four third down plays against Tennessee result in a conversion. Head coach Mike Vrabel's defensive mindset and their do just enough to win approach has worked for the Titans as they sit in the driver's seat in the division. Dupree
2: is coming, and
1: down Ryan goes. Titans Texans received the chalk treatment. No one believes in Houston, despite them giving the Titans trouble in both their games last year. The Indianapolis Colts are looking to get back into the win column. To do it, they have to defeat the Commanders from Washington this week, who may have themselves a little QB Contro. I assume that's QB Controversy in Grow
0: The timing has been so much better since early in the game with Taylor Heinecke throwing the football. Sometimes
1: when you crack a nice cold Heineken after a rough stretch, everything gets better. Certainly was the case for Washington. They had to start Taylor Heineke last week. Numbers he put up, not going to blow anyone away, but couple TDs, and he did what was needed, which was give them a spark.
2: Heineke to the end zone. He's got a man in Gibson. He's in for the touchdown.
1: Washington's passing attack didn't have rookie Jahan Dotson last week. Hope he's back for this one. If he is, the Colts have three wide receivers to pay attention to instead of two. Washington's Curtis Samuel comes in off a 53-yard game very much in line with his season average. He almost came all the
0: way out the back side of this one. Watch, he got three guys around him. They're all going to converge. He plants and goes north and south and just a little casual there on that tackle.
1: Terry McLaurin, the game-breaker. He scored last week 73 yards, now averaging 62 per game.
0: Heineke sets up,
2: looking for Terry McLaurin against Alexander! It is caught! Touchdown!
1: McLaurin is going to see a lot of Stefan Gilmore in front of him. He's allowed a couple TDs this season, but Gilmore's rating against low 80s, completion percentage allowed 58.5. He's knocked down four passes.
2: 6 one, nearly intercepted by Gilmore, intended for Ingram.
1: Heineke and company on the whole are looking at a defense that's allowed a mid-90s rating in 2022, allowing over 68% of passes to be completed. However, they played Ryan Tannehill's 20 attempts well in Week 7 just 6.6 yards per throw, held him to a sub-85 rating. Get
2: a deep shot down the field, Gilmore is there,
1: and it's out of bounds. Gilmore had great coverage. The Colts appear to be in a spot to get help from its pass rush. They have a 30.3 pressure rate. Reminder, over 30 is the good stuff. 17 sacks, and they don't blitz a lot. Heineke has to be worried about DeForest Buckner. He's got three sacks. Yannick Ngakwe has three and a half, one last week.
2: Tendital pressure coming, and he is sacked. And that was Yannick Ngakwe.
1: Couple that with Washington's O-line. Pressure rate allowed over 30. That's the bad stuff. 24 sacks taken, and if you wondered how much of it was Wentz, Heineke's pressure rate faced close to 40. Heineke
2: stepping up in traffic, it is batted down. Loose ball into the hands of Bates.
1: One of the keys to the commanders' upset win over Green Bay, their run game. Used it 38 times 166 yards, 4.4 a scamper.
0: Robinson. It's Samuel doing some blocking along the edge. You think of Antonio Gibson with a little bit of power, but then he's out there on that edge. That's a nice job out running. They give it to Curtis Samuel. They get the first down. Colts
1: rush defense is holding teams to 4.1 yards per carry, so not an easy team to run on. The Colts are hoping all the talk after the game is about its own runner. Jonathan Taylor was back last week. Looked good. 58 yards, 5.8 a run.
2: Back to Taylor has got the first down, right up the middle,
1: defenders. Pitch count held him to 10 carries, though. Caught plenty of passes. You'd think he'd be turned loose this week. Not just because he should be even healthier, but because Matt Ryan is done for the year. Sam Ellinger will make his first start ever. He is a second-year guy out of Texas. Hasn't even made one throw yet in the NFL. Making matters more problematic, last week Ryan was sacked three times and pressured a hefty 34% of the time. That fits their season rate, which is 31.5%.
2: Dupree is coming, and down Ryan goes!
1: Cue up the team with a pressure rate close to 35 then. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, all with three-plus sacks this season.
2: And down he goes back at the 30-yard line
1: that group was very quiet against aaron Rodgers, though no sacks only one qb hit if that happens again it increases the chances ellinger can take advantage of washington's secondary rating allowed near 100 14 tds given up two ints gave up two tds to Rodgers, no picks rating against just a hair under 100.
2: rogers inside throw to aaron jones his way in for the touchdown.
1: Colts passing attack isn't just the Michael Pittman show anymore. Paris Campbell has become a much bigger part of their offense. Back to back games with double digit targets. Week 7, 12 targets, 10 catches, 70 yards, and a score.
2: Three step drop, looks left, throws left, Campbell. T- down! Paris Campbell!
1: Pittman averaging close to 80 yards per game. His latest outing a little under what he's used to. Six catches, 58 yards versus the Titans. Ryan has time.
2: Now looking. Pittman! Oh, he's got it! What a catch by Michael
1: Pittman! Here's a good one. Five Washington picks, five Indy picks. Flip that coin. The NFC South is wide open after seven weeks. The Atlanta Falcons heading into week eight, coming off a loss. They take on the Carolina Panthers, coming in off one of the most shocking wins of the year. Walker, the snap, fires downfield. Tommy Treble's open, makes
2: the catch, touchdown
1: probably
0: the best game we've had all
1: year. Who said anyone in Carolina was tanking? No CMC, no problem. Panthers rush attack in week seven looked as good as it has all year. 24 carries between Chuba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman, seven plus yards per tote.
2: Hands off Deontay Foreman. Right side. Big hole. He's got the 30. Rumbling across the 40. Big fella's chugging. 25 20. The biggest run of the season for Deontay Foreman.
1: Each team's run game is going to be front and center in this game, which means their ability to stop the run will be two. Falcons have allowed 4.3 a run in 2022. That's kind of average. They'd like another showing like last week when they held Cincinnati to 3.7 a carry. All right, guys, here's what we're doing.
2: We're going to run Guess how this football.
1: Even in Atlanta's loss, they still relied on their run game, which has been the case in most of their games. 29 runs last week, just 13 pass attempts. They weren't especially efficient either. They need to get Cordero Patterson back from his injury. He's averaging 5.9 a run this season. He was close to a return last week too.
2: Cordero banging to the goal line, touchdown Atlanta.
1: Panthers run defense is holding runners to 4.1 a carry in 2022, that's pretty good. Didn't get tested much versus Tampa Bay, but they didn't have any issues with the few runs they faced. Held the Bucks to 2.9 per. The snap, the toss right to Fournette. They stop Leonard Fournette. The Panthers'
2: defense rises to the occasion.
1: If the Falcons get behind again, they may not have a choice but to throw more. Marcus Mariota only threw 13 passes last week, 14 the week before. Tight end Kyle Pitts and rookie wide receiver Drake London, 18 combined yards in Week 7.
2: Quick throw right side, catch made, first of the day for London. The Atlanta Falcons offense is not constructed to come from behind
1: like this. So you have a rarely used passing attack going up against a Panthers defense that just shut down Tom Brady and company. Doesn't mean what it used to, but held him to a low 80s rating. Have held QBs to a sub 90 rating for the season. Held Brady to 5.9 a throw. Have held QBs to under seven yards per attempt for 2022. They're more than holding their own against quarterbacks so far.
2: Winston back the pocket, but he's got trouble, and he goes down. The safety bliss from the left side, and James
1: has no chance. Falcons' defense can't say the same. So maybe some more PJ magic for the Panthers. Carolina got its best 2022 QB showing from Walker, 16 of 22, eight yards per attempt, two TDs, rating over 125.
2: Walker rolling to his right, throws on the run,
1: and fires a strike to DJ for a first down. Atlanta secondary gave up 481 yards passing to Joe Burrow last week, gave up 11.5 an attempt, 138.2 rating allowed. Their DB room has been decimated by injuries, so opportunity may be knocking for Walker.
2: Now Burrow throws toward the left side, oh. the back shoulder throw, Chase makes oh. the catch, cuts See it ya. into the field, Bye-bye. and the chase Woo. of Chase is unsuccessful.
1: Whoever they trot out, they should pay special attention to DJ Moore. He's been playing Casper the Ghost most weeks. Walker made him materialize on 10 targets. He caught seven of them, just under 70 yards, and a score.
2: Moore there he makes the catch touchdown Carolina.
1: just two votes for pj walker taking this one colleen wolf and nick shook the other eight went falcons heading into halloween weekend for week eight of the nfl season and you can forgive cowboys and bears fans for trying to decide if their team is the trick or the treat here's
2: one floated for oh. swift and it's picked the, rookie.
1: the Bears last week, looking like they could beat anyone in the league after looking like they were done for a week earlier. For Dallas, look no further than their game against the Lions. In the first half, nothing but trick, their offense scoring only three points in the return of the Dak.
2: Here's Dak in the pocket, he slammed down. In the
1: second half, all three, 21 unanswered points and five turnovers in route to a 24-6 victory. Got
2: another open receiver, it's Brown keeping his balance to the 11.
1: Grab your goodie bags. We're breaking down the matchup. Dak Prescott's return to the starting lineup was much hyped for Dallas, though it took a while for him to get going. But by the time things were over, rating over 110, 19 for 25, 8.3 per throw, no INTs, one TD, and he had success connecting with his key pass catchers.
2: Go down the field and it is a reception by CD Near side. And that's Noah Brown. First is looking the other way. Drops it right in there to
1: The game's final score doesn't indicate how close things were, especially in the first half though. But his return is supposed to ultimately correct a bottom five offense that struggled to find rhythm that may not be as easy as it seems versus Chicago. They have made things tough on QBs, and not just ones named Bailey and Mack, though they took care of Jones and Zappi, picking them off three times.
2: Zappi passes in the air and intercepted by Smith.
1: Cornerbacks Kendall Vildor, Kyle Gordon, and safeties Jaquan Brisker and Eddie Jackson, ratings against all under 90, Chicago with the fifth lowest rating allowed, 5 TDs against 8 INTs.
2: This is going to be intercepted by the rookie Gordon. Kyler Gordon.
1: One thing in Dak's favor though, Bears with only one sack against New England, 12 for the season. They've been struggling with pressure up front.
2: Pass is caught somehow by the rookie Thornton.
1: Dallas's O-line may also have the advantage when it comes to the run game. Bears rush defense has given up 4.7 yards per carry on the year, their 30th in yards per game allowed. Jones is gonna run for it. Get it. First down. Tony Pollard, he did Tony Pollard things against Detroit. 83 yards on only 12 carries, almost seven yards per
2: Pollard into the secondary. With one Second.
1: And though Ezekiel Elliott didn't light up the Lions, you saw some bursts, two touchdowns, and even a Zeke lead.
2: Zeke breaks one out to the
1: Linebacker Roquan Smith leads the Chicago defense in tackles, so if he can shed defenders and make enough plays near the line of scrimmage, Dallas could end up playing behind the sticks, which is not what they want. Zappi is brought down roquan smith dallas on third down conversion rate of 32.2 percent one of the worst in the league
2: Third and one elliot is six for six this year on third and one conversions and that's the first time he's been
1: stopped rushing effectiveness though ultimately is more important to the bears if they can come close to replicating what they did against new england the rest of the year could be very dangerous for other teams three different guys going for 60-plus, toting the rock, it was an avalanche of rush yards.
2: Able to pick his way through, takes off, first down. Uh, Herbert gives them a little something, and and I like him, he's a solid player. Third down and one. Montgomery picks it up, still rumbling.
1: Dallas is not as generous to runners as Chicago, but 4.4 yards per carry allowed isn't great.
2: It's Williams, he's gonna get one. He's got a whole lot
1: more. Motivation for Chicago to keep things on the ground as much as possible. Dallas's pass rush and Fields' propensity to smell the grass. No team has given up as many sacks as the Bears.
2: down he goes. Ball comes out,
1: out for Couple that with number 11 on the Cowboys. Micah Parsons is having an all world season, averaging a sack a game and tied for second in the league with seven. And it feels like he should have almost double that number.
2: He's just always around. It feels like a This guy is just
1: it's not just parsons fields has to worry about either the cowboys lead the league in sacks by a wide margin they've got 29 the next closest team has 24 and with seven interceptions by the defense trayvon diggs and company are making life hard on the back end
2: he knew it was his ball Something overcame him, and you could just tell by his body language.
1: The Bears' passing attack isn't their bread and butter. If the running game is humming, they just need fields to make a few nice throws downfield to keep the defense honest, just like he did last week. Throws to the
2: sideline. He's got a receiver, Mooney. He's got a
1: first down. Nine Cowboys believers on our panel. The lone Bears believer, Big Shock,
0: Adam Rank. You go into your shower feeling tired.
1: The Denver Broncos fly east this week, like really east, off to London, where they're headed to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars at their home away from home. The Brits already know Trevor Lawrence, but this year they'll be introduced to running back Travis Etienne, who's in a good spot to star in his first European vacation. He
2: turns the corner.
1: Etienne has taken over as the top back in Jacksonville, 10 plus carries, three games in a row, 71 yards in week five, 86 yards in week six, both 10 handoff games. Then he gets 14 carries last week, 114 yards and a TD.
2: Hands to Etienne, and there he goes. That's a Jags touchdown. His first touchdown of this season and of his career.
1: Now check out the defense he faces. The Broncos against the run in 2022: 4.7 yards per carry allowed. Jets ran on them 24 times last week. Denver gave up 6.5 a pop.
2: 62 yards for the touchdown.
1: Broncos' defense is under a lot of pressure to keep Jacksonville off the scoreboard. Orange Crush faithful have to hope they haven't been watching Deuce Bigelow male gigolo and are now about to have to watch Deuce Bigelow European gigolo. Sorry to say, it could happen based on recent trends. Jacksonville's secondary has been locking things up. Denver's passing attack? Pretty anemic. The good news is Russell Wilson looks like he's ready to return from his injury. The bad news, he's still in the middle of his worst season ever. His rating in the low 80s, over 10 points lower than his career low. The secondary he faces this week, cornerbacks Darius Williams and Tyson Campbell, both have sub-80 ratings against. Team as a whole has played the pass well. Under 7 yards per attempt allowed, 7 INTs, sub-85 rating against.
2: Dangerous pass is batted down. Tyson Campbell a
1: hand on it. Denver's secondary is even harder to pass on. Spicoli better have his shirt and shoes handy or no dice. Broncos are holding QBs to a sub 75 rating, a measly 5.5 yards per attempt, only three TDs allowed through the air, four INTs. Cornerback Patrick Sertan, already established as one of the elite in the game.
2: That was intended for Adams. There's Sertan again. My goodness, and he's been perfect.
1: Lawrence, he's coming off a subpar outing. Wouldn't have been if they would have gained one more yard on that last pass play.
2: The throw at the goal line, caught by Christian Kirk.
1: But there's no more time. Lawrence did throw for 310 yards, just took 43 passes to get there. On the plus side, 43 throws, no INTs. He's sitting on a 9 to 4 TD to INT ratio, rating a little under 90. He's not there yet, but he's not where he was either. Lawrence to
2: throw, and open across. Midfield it's at the 40 is Evan Ingram.
1: Making it even harder this week, Denver's pass rush. A 30.9 pressure rate. Over 30 is great. 22 sacks. Draymond Jones has 4.5. Bradley Chubb,
2: 5.5. Here they come. They come, DJ
1: Jones. Three believers in Danger Us DJ, Colleen Wolf, Grant Gordon. The other seven pickers went Jags. The Detroit Lions are at home for Week 8, taking on the Miami Dolphins. Very happy and fortunate to be over 500 again. Firing,
2: to the sideline! Nick
1: and Mike McDaniel
2: and the Dolphins are going to get a fourth win here on the season.
1: A win is a win no matter how you get it. Dolphins flexed some secondary muscles to get their most recent W and could do so again this week based on how Jared Goff has been looking. Goff didn't throw any touchdowns versus Dallas, two INTs. The bye didn't help, I guess. He was zero TDs and one INT going into their break, too.
2: It is intercepted. Picked off inside the five-yard line by the Patriots.
1: Now he faces a Dolphins defense that's not only coming off a game-ceiling pick, but a three-INT outing, holding Kenny Pickett to a 66.2 rating. Pickett,
2: the middle is intercepted, and the safety, Javon Holland, took it away.
1: If you go bigger picture, the matchup looks different, Then, it's a QB with 11 touchdowns, a 90.6 rating. Let's go! Let's go! Against a pass defense that's given up a rating near 100, allowing QBs to complete close to 70% of their passes.
2: And caught!
1: Touchdown! Lions secondary is like, hey, they live in the same neighborhood as us. Rating allowed over 100, high 60s completion percentage allowed, along with 8 yards per attempt given up.
2: God, we fight though, man.
1: Faced Dak Prescott last week, rating allowed 113.2, 8.3 per throw.
2: And throws on the run for Lamb, and a perfect throw, and caught it at the 23.
1: Tua wants to know if Detroit's DBs have good hands. Tungabailoa got away with a few in his return from his concussion. They were fortunate to prevail.
2: Tua throwing towards Tyreek Hill, and it's nearly intercepted.
1: Maybe it was like golf, he missed some games, wasn't his fault, so that tree will kick your ball into the fairway this time to even it up. In the end, Tua threw for over 260 yards, no INTs, one TD, rating over 90. Head didn't get bounced, so not bad all things considered.
2: So down the middle, for right over water it still a territory at the 35-yard line.
1: The two at of Jalen Waddle line seemed fine. Waddle targeted five times, caught four of them for 88 yards.
0: <laughs>
1: but he still needs to get back on the same page with Tyreek Hill. 72 yards and seven receptions, 13 targets, only 10.3 yards per catch. Aiden Hutchinson might be able to make an impact. He had that three-sack game in week two and then went silent until last week when he picked up a sack and a half. Aiden Hutchinson got him. Miami running back Raheem Moster seems well positioned to have a big game. Detroit is an equal opportunity defense. They are just as generous to runners as receivers. 5.3 a carry allowed for 2022.
2: Touchdown Seahawks! Rashad Penny.
1: Moster has a nice 4.5 yard per carry average for the year. Hit at 4.9 last week, 79 yards.
2: Last week it was us. Last week it was us.
1: You'd think this would be an all-favorites game, but Colleen Wolf goes Detroit again. She was the only Lions lover last week, too. Other nine on our picks panel sided with Miami. The New England Patriots are on the road. Not a long trek. They take on the New York Jets, the 5-2 JETS. Ripping
2: downfield, knocked away, and that's... Will do
1: it. The Jets strut into this matchup with a defense that can win a game on its own. Could say they just did that last week. Offense doesn't have to do much when you hold a team to nine points. The Jets holding teams to 19.6 points per game in 2022. 11 turnovers, seven games.
2: Fumble the football! I think the Jets got it.
1: Pat's passing attack matched against passing defensive elite. Won't even go through how they handled Brett Rippon. Season numbers, rating under 80. 6.4 yards per attempt allowed. Eight INTs. DJ Reed, Sauce Gardner, in the argument for best cornerback duo.
2: Deep down the sideline, intercepted. Great catch by DJ Reed.
1: Jets secondary and Jets front have been working in harmony. Jets pass rush has been cooking, too. 32% pressure rate, only blitzing 17% of dropbacks. and Williams, the lead man, with five bags.
2: Rogers in trouble again, and he's sacked again by Quinn.
1: Who will all those cats be facing this week? Mac Jones started last week, gets benched after a pick. Here's
2: one floated for Smith, uh-huh. and it's picked! Brisker the rookie!
1: Bill claimed it was the plan all along to start both he and Bailey Zappi. Zappi came on and gave them a huge spark.
2: Floated in wide open! Spinning grab by Myers! Touchdown!
1: It was just a spark, though. Offense didn't catch fire. Neither did he through two IMTs before the game was over.
2: Zappi passes in the air and intercepted by Smith.
1: We all know Belichick. He probably won't name a starter this week until the second quarter of this game. New England's offense always uses its backs. They had a quiet game in their loss to the Bears. Things won't be easier this week either. New York's defense as complete as there is, allowing just 3.9 a run.
2: Another deal this time. The Jets were ready, Boone gets wrapped up
1: quickly. So that brings us to New York's backfield, which has been central to their success, facing a New England defense that has not handled run games well. Not a Jets fan at all, but I was so bummed when I heard about Hall.
2: Here's the shot you were talking about. The tackle there looked like Sertan, number two. Helmet going into the side of Priest Hall.
1: Then I was stoked when I heard about James Robinson. Averaging 4.2 this year, Jags really like Travis Etienne. Robinson is good, though. 4.5 a carry as a rookie, 4.7 as a sophomore. For Jacksonville, the pitch, James Robinson. Robinson! It's a Jacksonville touchdown. New England is coming in off a game that saw them get trucked along the ground. They were obliterated by Chicago's rushing attack. And while theirs might not be traditional, you don't want to give up 60-plus rush yards to three different players. New England's play against the run has been less than stellar all year.
2: Able to pick his way through. Takes off. First
1: down. If there is a drop-off in the Green's ability to pound the ground, pressure on the passing game to step up goes up. Zach Wilson and company have been tagging along, relatively speaking. Wilson averaging just 173 yards per game, rating low 70s under 7 yards per attempt, completion rate under 60.
2: Third down, first series of the day, Wilson again. Very high on that pass.
1: Jets have allowed 17 sacks this season, pressure rate allowed close to 30, not good.
2: Fake it, Wilson, gets out of trouble, buys time, another spin against the grand, and he's trying to do too much, gives it up at the end of the
1: play. So cue the NFL sack leader, Matthew Judon, with two and a half sacks last week, bringing his total for the year to eight and a half. And.
2: To down he goes ball comes out but out of bounds.
1: the patriots appear to have the advantage if they can force wilson to throw a lot their secondary has also posted strong digits against quarterbacks in pretty much every metric
2: that pass was tipped and picked Intercepted by Miles Bryant.
1: Seems like a tricky game to predict. You're right. Our 10 predictors split evenly 5-5 five five on this one. Nothing to see here, people. Just the 6-1 New York Giants flying to the Northwest after pulling the tackle 2.0. Fires it to the end
2: zone. It's caught at the 1-yard line. Giants stand him up. He's not in. Stay and open. the play's going to run out. Holy cow. And the ball game is over.
1: They take on the NFC West. First place, Geno Smith, Seattle Seahawks.
2: Smith looking for good one and a jump ball.
1: The Geno saga just keeps getting better. He's now led the Hawks in the first place after seven games. The Giants are dealing with a QB, completing over 70% of his passes, has a rating close to 110, 11 touchdowns, just three INTs, two TD passes last week, another 100-plus rating game.
2: That's a first down. Are you kidding me? Gino is feeling it
1: new york dbs can't just hyper focus on tyler lockett and dk metcalf dk only had 12 yards in week seven he got hurt so he's on the track list even so he's only had 65 yards in a game twice this season And despite Lockett catching seven of his eight targets versus the Chargers, he only managed 45 yards. No matter, Geno turned to Marquise Goodwin for two TDs. That's a sign when the QB doesn't need star receivers to be a star himself.
2: Smith looking for Goodwin in the end zone. A little toe tap in the corner.
1: So what's Smith looking at with the Giants? Their rating allowed on the year under 90, under 7 yards per attempt allowed, completion percentage allowed under 60. Gave up a lot of yards to Trevor Lawrence in their win last week, but no TDs allowed held Lawrence to a mid-70s rating.
2: Good job putting your body on them. Both guys doing some hand fighting right there. That is just, I mean, that's, that's just great
1: football their run defense will matter as much or more in this game. Kenneth Walker just keeps getting better, 88 yards when he came in for Rashad Penny, followed it with 97, then 168 versus the Chargers, two TDs, 7.3 a run, hit another moonshot.
2: Walker down the sideline. He's got the speed. Walker chugging down the sideline, 74
0: yards.
1: Well, no way he can keep that game by game trend up, right? Check that. New York, giving up the highest yard per carry figure in the NFL at 5.7 per, allowed Travis Etienne to hit at 8.1 a pop in their win. Pitch
2: to Etienne he turns a corner and he's loose.
1: Someone's run defense better step up, or this could become the running of the bulls. Giants' offense is built to tote. Seahawks have to try and stop Saquon Barkley. Another 100-plus yard game last week. Averages over 100 per game on the year. Over five yards a run.
2: Barkley, We're not worthy. I'm telling you what, he's putting people in the spin cycle right now.
1: Barkley sets up play action and DJ ground action. Daniel Jones also comes in off a 100-plus rush game. 107 yards for him last week, 9.7 per. The two of them, the reason the Giants have been so difficult to topple. They wear you down run by run. Jones just keeps that running. Jones does it. I tell you what, so tough. Giants run defense is porous. Well, check this out. Seattle is giving up a hair under five a carry. This could be some serious 1920s ground and pound action we get treated to.
2: Backler lunging over for the touchdown.
1: Jones, the passer, is always New York's X factor. He's only had one really ugly game with his arm this season. What they hope to get from him this week, much like last week, a 94 rating because no INTs. He's only thrown two this season. Isn't fumbling like he used to, he keeps them in it.
2: Going deep, Daniel Jones. Did he catch it? Darius Slayton has a giant touchdown.
1: Seahawks defense is one that Jones could find some success against. Mid 90s rating allowed in seven games, close to eight yards per attempt allowed. But they played Justin Herbert well, just 5.7 yards per throw to him, and they faced 51 passes picked him off, and held him to a sub-90 rating.
2: Over the middle, it's intercepted! Ryan Neal with the pick!
1: The predictions for this game split down the middle, as they should be, five for each. The battle for Pennsylvania is upon us. The Pittsburgh Steelers hopping on Lincoln Highway, the unbeaten and rested Philadelphia Eagles waiting to unleash their best in the NFL secondary on Pittsburgh's rookie signal caller.
2: Intercepted by Slay! Everything's going.
1: Let's look at what Kenny Pickett faces this week, a group that's held QBs to a 66 rating. Just 5.5 yards per attempt, completion percentage allowed, under 60, seven touchdowns against nine INTs. Deflected
2: and intercepted, C.J. Gardner-Johnson.
1: Their three starting corners, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, James Bradbury, and Darius Slay, all holding QBs to sub-90 ratings. Bradbury and Slay playing on another planet, their ratings allowed low 30s. Absurd.
2: These two cornerbacks, James Bradbury, Darius Slay, have dominated play, and they are the difference.
1: So now that group takes on a QB who just threw three INTs last week, has seven in his four games, has the lowest passer rating in the NFL. Pick it. In the
2: middle, he's intercepted! Trying to force it in.
1: Still, Pickett has had stretches that show his potential. He was 32 for 44 for 257 yards last week and was making good throws to get them close. Just has to learn to finish.
2: And kick it in
1: Ticket is not only dealing with a dominant secondary, he has to try and complete passes while being hounded by a pass rush, racking up close to three sacks a game, five players with two or more.
2: Football is loose again! The fifth takeaway for Philadelphia in this
1: game. Makes it all seem like it's time to really put Najee Harris on display. Steelers, in theory, could move the ball against Philly along the ground successfully. Rush defense is their blind spot so far, five yards per carry allowed in 2022 will score. Five yards per carry allowed is pretty bad. So what's the in theory for? Harris, 65 yards versus Miami, 3.8 per run. His high this season, 4.1 a carry. He's been 3.8 or lower in the rest of his games. Harris versus Philadelphia's run D, major X Factor matchup. Harris,
2: ran quickly.
1: So it seems like the Steelers' defense has pressure to keep things close again this week. They did that last week, only one TD allowed? I know, though, all those missed INTs. If
2: they do not win this game, we're going to go back and look at easy interceptions that were dropped.
1: Their pass defense in 2022 is solid. Eight interceptions, should have been more. Sub-90 rating allowed, completion percentage allowed in the low 60s. intercepted
2: at the five-yard line. This is
1: and they've been solid against runners, too. Just 4.1 a carry given up on the ground.
2: And Osterd on the inside gets stopped. Good penetration.
1: That brings us to the Jalen Hurts Miles Sanders duo. The Eagles' offense still very much run dominant. 10 TDs combined for those gents, close to 130 yards a game from the duo. Sanders. Hertz and his big three pass catchers may not pass often, but when they do, it's Dos or Trace actually. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. That trio is a big part of why Philadelphia is one of the few averaging over 12 yards per catch. Why they're part of an even smaller group of teams averaging over eight yards per attempt. 238-yard passing yards per game, when you're near the bottom in attempts, that's good stuff. Throws it to
2: Brown with a step in the secondary.
1: Green chalk all around, entire 10-person panel predicts a 7-0 Eagles team when it's over. The LA Rams are at home for Week 8 after their week off. They get their foes from the North who are ready to fully unleash their newest toy. His
2: first carry is a good one. McCaffrey has a first down. This crowd is feeling it.
1: Christian McCaffrey made his 49ers debut in a loss, but we now get to see how he's really going to be used in their offense. He caught two passes for 24 yards versus Kansas City, had eight carries, 38 yards, 4.8 a run. Not bad for jumping in at the last second.
2: Garoppolo, first pass to Christian McCaffrey. Oh, McCaffrey turns on the Jets, and he's got a first down. First time catching a pass as
1: a 49er. The Rams should still expect to see some Jeff Wilson along the ground, too. Seven runs last week, 7.7 per.
2: Here's a stretch run to Jeff Wilson Jr., a cutback good run, breaks a tackle all the way to midfield with another 49er first down.
1: L.A. and San Francisco faced each other about a month ago, and it was Wilson who was playing a significant role in that win, scored on a long run. Niners won 24-9. The biggest factor in that win, though, was their pass rush. They sacked Matthew Stafford seven times. In turn, he didn't throw any TD passes, got picked off once.
2: Intercepted and coming back the other way. Touchdown San Francisco!
1: Pass protection has been at the heart of LA's offensive issues. Seems like every game, a new lineman gets hurt. Stafford has been sacked over three times per game, faced pressure on a fat 33.9% of his dropbacks.
2: Stafford, more pressure. Parsons, sack. Fumble. It's loose. The fifth sack of the day for Dallas, and they've got it.
1: Nick Bosa has sacked Stafford twice. Nick Bosa has seven on the season. He leads the league. Nick Bosa has helped San Francisco generate a QB pressure rate over the Golden 30 line. Nick Bosa is going to be a problem for Stafford.
2: Nick Bosa right through the middle throws down Matthew Stafford.
1: All the pressure Stafford's been facing hasn't been good to him. Hit his off week with six TDs, eight INTs, rating under 85. Stafford to
0: the
2: air, and it's intercepted! Pick six for 26. Matthew Stafford's eighth. I'm shocked to cut that ball loose.
1: Can the 49ers survive death by a thousand paper cups? cooper thrown to 22 more times than anyone else on the team over 100 yards per game
2: a gain of 22 by cooper cup who came into this game with as many receptions as the entire chicago bears team
1: cup though is averaging three yards less per catch than last year cups outing versus san francisco was symbolic 122 yards 14 receptions but only eight yards per reception
2: cooper And he's got the first down. The chemistry that Stanford has with him is
1: ridiculous. He's already familiar with San Francisco cornerback Trevarius Ward. He's coming off his worst 2022 outing. 122 yards allowed last week, nine targets, seven receptions allowed. That was his first real dud, though. His rating allowed after that game? Low 60s still. Inside!
2: various ward holds up once again in coverage he came to be the cornerback for san francisco he's living up to that title
1: ward's game and sitch like the team's overall sitch they've played the past well in the big picture but the injuries caught up to them last week against Mahomes. 423 yards allowed, over 12 yards per attempt allowed, rating allowed over 130, three touchdown passes.
2: Mahomes way down the field, though a scantling wide open. He beat various Ward over the top. Jarverius wow. Ward trying to play catch up. That wasn't even close.
1: Niners' ability to cover tight ends will come into play. Tyler Higby is easily Stafford's number two, close to six receptions per game, close to 50 yards per game.
2: Higby bounces off a of cowboy. He gets to the outside and- He gets the 40-yard line with a new set of downs. That's just a great tough play
0: by Tyler
1: Higby. 49ers passing attack now. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't beat the Chiefs, didn't have a bad stat line, didn't play great. That all makes sense. He had solid stats in week seven, has them for the year, but it's when and where some of those misses take place that holds them back at times.
2: Pressure throws high, intercepted on the goal line. That is a bad throw from Garoppolo and a bad decision to throw it over there.
1: There is a hope that CMC is going to open things up for Debo, too. Samuel has only gone over 80 receiving yards once this year, last week, 42. He hasn't been as impactful as he was in 2021.
2: Garoppolo with a straight drop, throws behind Debo Samuel. The quarterback's got to deliver the mail, and he's got to deliver it accurately.
1: His biggest game was versus L.A. He had one of his signature plays, a play that Jalen Ramsey didn't travel for. He will stick Debo plenty this round, I'm sure. Ramsey has held QBs to a 57.6 rating from weeks 2 through 6. Completion percentage allowed in that time, 53.3. Ah! <sighs> Rams' pass defense as a whole at their break. Sub-90 rating allowed, under 200 yards per game allowed. Six touchdowns, five INTs.
2: Murray over the middle and Ramsey breaks it up. Bins one right side, it's broken up. Darion Kendrick was there.
0: He's got a friend number 19.
1: Garoppolo has Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle at his disposal as well. Kittle's starting to heat up. Six catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown on a special day.
2: Touchdown! National tight end day. George Kittle is in the end
1: zone. He's become more prominent in their passing attack with each passing week, and so is Brandon Ayuk. 11 targets last week, over 80 yards. Garoppolo,
2: Ayuk in stride, first down, good throw, Garoppolo, and Ayuk did the rest to pick up 21.
1: Always harder to find receivers if you got heat in your face. Aaron Donald, he's come home from his shopping trips with four bags so far in 2022.
2: Third down, pressure, Donald got a ball is loose. Pressure,
1: Only two pickers picked the Rams in this game, Grant Gordon and MJD. Eight votes went San Francisco's way. You go into
0: your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day.